0: Should be the light. There we go. Is that better? All right. So, Ginger, you were talking about audio. Is audio now working? Just do a quick comment. Oh, no. I, I would never have known. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Ginger, can you just... Uh, yes. Oh, thank you. Oh, my goodness. That doesn't happen. I. This is like episode 126, and maybe twice it's happened. This is the second time. Anyway, good morning, still growing grace, folks. This is a a great day, and uh, um, I was just uh, blabbing with a mute on or whatever. I don't know why the audio wasn't working, but um, it's a beautiful, sunny, warm day here. It's 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, or 8.05 now after that um, delay, but uh, gorgeous weather, and Canadians love to complain about the weather. When it's too cold, it's too cold. When it's too hot, it's too hot, but if you live in a farming community, There's another part of the season of spring. It's called the spreading of the fertilizer. And some farmer spread some pretty nasty stuff last night. Oh, So you have to close the windows. It was bad. (laughs) But it does mean crops. It means food. It means the farmers are at work and uh, our whole society works well. So there are some pros and cons. And uh, you got to choose which battles to complain about. And I think uh, COVID has taught us some of that um, where people started to get ranting on their, on their um, uh, frustrations and which kind of leads us to this topic because if you're not at a place of rest then when triggers happen um, you're going to complain you're going to become who you aren't you're going to sound like who you are not you're going to uh, express frustrations that do, do not come from your true identity and so today, if you didn't listen to part one last week, please go back and listen to part one. It was really good. And part two today is on the Sabbath rest. It may not mean what you think. And Richard Murray and Bob Engel and I, we have a great conversation um, about this, and it's 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 good. It it it'll take you further, deeper, and wider. Um, it's not so much. Here's what I used to think. And now I think this. This is about expanding our understanding and i really hope you're encouraged by this so i'm watching live with you if you're enjoying what you're hearing comment um when the interview is finished i'll come back on but i'm I'm here watching live with you interacting so uh i'm eager to hear part two so let's dive right in because uh it's a good one so it's about 38 minutes long 37 minutes long so here we go enjoy here we go all right we're doing part two just continuing the conversation bob you had mentioned Uh, something earlier by the way the topic has been sabbath and what it is and isn't and that last week was really fun so if you didn't listen to please go back and listen it's really good Um, but you had said something about which artist had was playing through the fingers without going through the head
1: stevie ray vaughn bb king said about stevie ray vaughn he said his licks come straight from his soul to his fingertips they don't they don't go through his they don't go through his head and and stevie would be it's not even arguable whether he was the greatest blues player they ever played or not. It's a, it's a given. I mean, there's Stevie Ray, and then there's everybody else. Uh,
0: uh, so let, let me King. share a flip yeah. side to you on this. And that, right. again, I heard this this morning in a group I was in, we have a, a lady in my church who's a, a really good artist, abstract artist, all kinds of artistry. But, uh, um, she shared something this morning that kind of stunned me. It's like, wow. This is how God works in us. And I think it fits with what you were talking about there. She actually takes a canvas and writes stuff on it first. Just what comes to her mind or heart passions, whatever is is hitting her. Then she begins to paint over it. And underneath the painting are the words. It's all layered. (laughs) There's, There's more going on here than we know. Words spoken to us. Uh, have an impact and how we express the expressions of how we behave are from words we've said or spoken. And so those things matter. And so when we talk about rest, it's in the moment of that rest, listening to the oneness of Christ in us, there's words and breezes coming to us that if we're not quiet enough to hear it, we're, we're going to miss something. Even though those words will stay on our canvas, but the paint will come eventually, Mm -hmm. you know, I just thought it was a really amazing picture because this, this does point to Jesus talking about abiding.
2: Well, you know, I think too, that, that we're used, we have to be broken from the Mm. idolatry of language. Mm. We somehow believe that that God only speaks if he speaks to us in English. Mm. All right. Now we're (laughs) honestly, you know, and that's what all this, "Thus say the Lord junk is about. All right. You've got to tell me what the Lord told you exactly. But see, here's the, the dance of the synergy that's involved, because he'll, he, he'll speak to 100 different people. He may send the same divine impulse to 100 different people, and they will express it differently. Just look at the Gospels. The four of them express what they saw completely differently, and they're all, and because they're each dancing with this revelation themselves. Some are better dancers. Some are more eloquent dancers. Some are more lighthearted dancers. Some are a little heavy-footed, but really, but really, you know, really gutsy. You know, they each have different virtues and different personality things. But that really freed me when I began to see that the inspiration of the Bible is not by the is not by the dead letter. It's not by the surface things. It's it's by the inspiration. It, you know, in, inspiration means inspirited. You know, if you look at inspired, mm-hmm. it it it's by it's by the uh um, it's by the uh the divine impulses that that came to these men where they were at at their various levels of immaturity at their various levels of old testament non-spirit baptized thinking pre-new covenant pre-christ sub-christ whatever you want to say they were doing the best they could moses was the meekest man in the whole land but yet he he was a murderer you know i mean and and so uh it it, and 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 listen we, we we're not that much better i'm not sure we're any better you know but we do have access to things that they don't have access to and uh, I, I think that uh, it's just astonishing to me that people don't understand what literalism is mm. because literalism is when, it, when it, here's how to tell whether you're in literalism or not you're motivated by fear you're motivated by condemnation you're motivated by shame you're motivated by wrath and anger and, and your motive, those are the things you either dread or just are trying to avoid. That's not the way God talks. God doesn't talk in those, in, those, in those languages. He doesn't use those tones. And yet literalism lets us substitute the tone of God for our own tone. So people read these scriptures in wrath, and they see nothing but wrath. It's all they can see. They've been trained to read it that way. But yet, but, but, so they're trapped in but,
0: but also they're trained to have one definition for wrath.
2: Yes, yes, yeah. exactly, exactly. And so, so they don't recognize, and, and all the way, they never recognize that they don't seek the divine impulses themselves. You know, we call it promptings, impulses, but what, whatever you want to say, I, I believe that, that, that God sends the divine impulse. We filter it, and then we need to express it, e- even if it's just to ourselves, if it's through a prayer, if it's through writing, if it's through song, like Bob was saying. But we express it through different ways. But it's us uniquely expressing it. And, you know, I may hear the same impulse tomorrow that I heard today or a very similar impulse. And, and I may say something entirely different. I may do something entirely different or understand it with that prism, prismatic understanding uh, on the thing. And that's an adventure. The, what we're describing, guys, is the life of the mystic. This is Christian mysticism. But what's been missing from Christian mysticism is the word practical it needs to be practical mysticism instead of let me go hide in a cave and hide away from everybody and live out here as a hermit or whatever and i'm not criticizing nothing against hermits you know but 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 i'm saying anything external what's practical is whatever our life is we can have mystical experiences with the lord but only if we break the idolatry of language that's literalism it's the literalism that's crippling our kids that's crippling churches they think they've got to do something. They've got to do something to be worthy in the Lord's eyes. They've got to do something to be blessed. And and, and like Bob said earlier, when you just take a step back, and this is about receiving, it's not about will. Now, this is, this is a funky saying. It's not about willpower. It's about willingness power, okay? Because willpower is I want what I want, and I'm going to make it happen. That ain't what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a willingness to yield to the Lord, it's willingness versus willpower. But it's it's choice versus decision. We're not supposed to. We talked about this before, I think, Mike. But you know, there's not a verse in the New Testament where it says we choose Jesus. Hmm. You know, Mary's the only one that ever got, and she, that was a unique situation. It wasn't talking about a salvation type of experience. Uh, but nowhere does it, does it say these people chose Jesus. They chose salvation. It says that it says instead. The word let is used. Let the word of God dwell in you richly. You know, um, let the glory of God be revealed. It's all about letting, which is willingness. That's a willingness word. Whereas choosing is a willpower word. So we got to move from willpower, which is based on literalism. It's based on taking these exact words and only these words and thinking that that itself is righteousness versus just being willing. Because if you're willing, then you automatically have to listen. Okay. Okay. Because if you're not listening, you're not willing. <laughs> I mean, well, you know?
0: my background taught me to ask the question, what would Jesus do? Okay. That mm-hmm. question, unfortunately, has, I think, crippled uh, the, the church. I think it's crippled believers from learning to listen to the voice of Jesus in them. Listen for the spirit. Listen for that breeze. Because... If you're going to use the phrase, what would Jesus do? And then look at your situation and you're going to have to ask, okay, in this situation, you have to project what the thinking of Jesus would be for your situation. And all you have is some interpretation or sorry, um, a translation of a text. And if you're supposed to copy Jesus, he did not ask us to copy a single behavior that I can recall, but he did model abiding. So it's not up to me to figure out in any given situation, what would Jesus do in this situation right now? Now you're thinking and guessing, and boy, you better get it right. <laughs> you know? well,
2: well, well, and it's hypothetical. I it's know. What would Jesus do if he were here? The hypothetical is unblessed because he is here. Bingo. You know, and I've often wondered why Adam and Eve, where they went wrong, was, was not that, that, where they went wrong was saying, did God truly say? Why not just, why not just say, well, let's ask him. He's here. Mm. You know, and wow. so so when we start talking about a hypothetical Jesus, then we do start exactly what you're saying, which is whereas if you look at how Jesus interacted with the father, what did he always say? I only say what What's I've heard my say? father say, mm-hmm. what he's prompted me. In other words, what in prompting but a beautiful paraphrase for how he operated, you know, everything I've said, everything I've done because I first saw the father do it. I was prompted by him to do it. It wasn't what would Moses do. You know, <laughs> you know, what would the law say to do? It is what my father is saying to do. I've never never heard that.
0: Well
1: <laughs> yeah. oh, that's Richard funny. the the, the, the while, while Mike's regaining his composure here, oh, you man. got him, man. <laughs> the, the the first Christian mystics mystic, mystics, by the way, were three heathen astrologers. Oh. who who heard the breeze, man. Yeah. And what did they do? They didn't just hear. They got on their camels and traveled. They went. Here we go again. I hear something. I got to turn aside and see what this is. I, I got to, I got, I got to put the baggage on the camel and take a trip. We got to go, guys. What, what's going on here? So, so the action. Then it's not works. It, 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 it's, it's not trying to earn your way. It's, it's once you hear, you are now authorized to participate. But
0: Bob, Bob, you just finished saying earlier, I don't know if it was at the end of the previous show or the start of this one, you talked about frequency and turning it on, getting you the right, right frequency. Those guys were on the frequency listening the whole time. That's why Absolutely. they were ready.
1: Absolutely. And, and, you know, my favorite character in the Bible is Simeon, and behold, there was a man in Jerusalem. Simeon was his name. He was just in devout waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. He's standing at the gate of the temple, busiest place in all Israel, right? All the business, all the religion, everything happens around the temple. And he's standing there, and on a day, we don't know whether he stood there every day or he was only there that day. I suspect he knew to go that day. But when a little, when a carpenter from Nazareth and a little teenage, his little teenage bride and a baby showed up, that old man said, Whoa, this is who I've been waiting for. Mm. This is him. And by the way, when they took that baby in, into the temple, A woman sorry Pentecostals a woman a woman said by the way she's a housekeeper she wasn't ordained folks yeah yeah this is this is a 40 year old uh, 40 year widow who's a housekeeper in the temple says this is him it's interesting always been interesting to me by the way that none of the religious hierarchy were either told he was he was showing up or recognized him when he got there they were left completely out of the loop but but those guys are exactly right and they weren't looking at scripture they weren't saying what would jesus do or what would moses do or what would abraham do they may or may not have known about those guys what they what they knew about was the stars Mm. what they knew about was the heavens that by the way consequentially declare the glory of god Mm. uh, uh, a great great fry and henley line you could see the stars but you still can't see the light there's Mm. an awful lot of that going around and and this is a place. This isn't a place that could happen. This isn't some some place that that it's really nice to talk about. Guys, this is this is not only a possibility, it is an availability. And yes. it's an availability to us. Today is the day, and now is the appointed time for this. Live, right off, now.
2: Every, live off every the word of God. We sustain ourselves on every word of God. You know, and, and that that is oh that is so so heartwarming so intimacy. You know, this whole thing is about intimacy. This literalism we were talking about, it drives you away from intimacy. You don't want to that comes of, of, you know. But that, that comes to the know. rest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the the rest is 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 connection, it's communion, all those things that that's where and it's a fear-free zone. It's a fear-free zone, it's a threat-free zone. And that's where we're called to live. And that's why there's no burden because there's no condemnation. There's no threat. There's no fear. Perfect love has cast all that out. And I would say this, you know, we talk about similitude. I'll give you my favorite similitude about, about the rest is, is, is it's like catching a wave, like a surfer catching a wave. He, he swims out. He postures himself. He looks for a wave. Then, then he, he's, he's in humility. He's looking for it, He's focused on it. Then he, he catches it. And then the momentum builds and takes him into shore. And I think that's what every day should be like for us. You know, we're looking to catch a wave, the breeze. I and mean, we can call it a million different things, similitude-wise. Um, but uh, that's what we're... But it's not... I'm not saying the, the Lord never speaks in English. I think he speaks in divine impulses. I think he's slumming when he uses human language. But I, think, <laughs> but, 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 but I think that we... It's up to us to translate it the best we can, holding it lightly, holding the words we come up with lightly, and that's why, you know, it's amazing how often the, the first Christians and even, you know, the Aramaic Targums and things like that, they, they would just paraphrase the scripture. They weren't hung up on getting every thee and thou exactly lined up. They used it, they adapted it, they refitted it for the situation. Paul did that more than anybody. He refitted, he retwisted he, these scriptures that it would appear to have nothing to do with the current moment. And, uh, and he would twist them into a Christological you know, Jim. You know, and, and and that's what we're supposed to do. I'm not looking to make this thing some sort of systematic, coherent, because it will drive you crazy trying to line up the old testament with the new testament on a strictly language level.
0: Otherwise you're doing biblical arguments versus Christ-like.
2: Exactly. It's his nature, it's his nature. This whole thing is that we're tapped into the nature of Christ. He is the only thing that makes any of this blessed. And and we we you know nothing's wrong with cherry picking this thing if 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 his nature's the one that's leading us to the good cherries, you know, and maybe the other cherries. There'll come a day when you can eat those. They're not ripe yet. You don't understand what really is behind that cherry. Ultimately,
1: ultimately, the version I need to listen to is the BIV. Yes, it's the Bob Engle version. I need to hear what God's saying to me, And, and 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 that's not arrogance at all. That's quite the opposite. There's an enormous uh, responsibility. that That's a too who much is given, much is required situation, but that's exactly where we need to be. Because I, I went back and cleared out my blog. I, I, when we started Unheard Words, we were posting stuff from all kinds of people. Richard, I have posted stuff from you and so on and so forth. But I really felt led recently that this really needs to be my body of work. So what I needed to do is go pull all my stuff out of it. And the first blog I ever wrote was on this rock and the revelation i got about it, i always saw the rock as a big piece of granite or or, or some the, the the rock that the church is built on is it's a diamond it ha- and it has facets and 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 every every time everybody that looks at a diamond sees it differently and and every every time the light comes on a diamond it reflects to each viewer each each witness of it they see it in their own light so it's it's always original and it's always changing and it's always doing things but it's always pure. And by the way, it's a reflection of, here we go back to book one, chapter one, let there be light. Amen. And let that reflection, look for that reflection because, because he'll be faithful and just to make sure we see it right if we're willing to look. He'll never let us down. People used to say to me, boy, I'm afraid I'll miss God. And I remember one day I was sitting on the front steps of a church, and a a good-hearted sister said, I'm just afraid I'll miss God. And I said, you know, he's a really big God. You turn your face toward him, he's going to be real hard to miss. And we can
0: trust him. And and even if we don't, he's big enough to get our attention. It's not up to us. He's the initiator. He's not only clear channel, but he's broad
1: channel, man. Yeah. He's gonna get you back on, he's gonna get you back on target. And so we can, we can trust, we can trust that that he'll he'll make what we do work. He he'll make what we do blessed. It'll be it'll be blessed, and therefore it becomes a
2: blessing. And even and, 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 and even we could be mistaken on a strictly earthly plane with the decision that we make, but he still is protecting us because he knows that our intent was right. Now, I'm not talking about somebody who boldly says, I know what the Lord's will. I'm not talking about that, but I'm saying if even if we make an error, you know, Augustine said this, it's one of the best things he ever said. Even if they're reading scripture, even if it's, if, if it's wrong, if it's in love, it's, it's right. You know, if it, if it does something to foster the love of God or the love of neighbor, it's right, even if it's wrong. And I love that concept. Because God is protecting us. He's going to make it right. Even if, even if we're wrong, we're going to be blessed and protected in it as he gently guides us to maybe to a better and a purer version of what it is we were trying to say or do. So the, first,
0: the first tree is the right and wrong tree. The second tree is the life tree. So as we live from life, whatever that will be will produce more life. Yes.
1: yes. One of the Alban brothers said they took all my great guitarists, said they took all my mistakes and turned them into a style. Uh-huh. And, yeah. and it, i'm telling you god does it all the time god god can float did a teaching one time on on trees and she took a cross-cut piece of oak and 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 you can see if you look at a cross-cut piece of oak you can see its whole history wet years are thick the rings are thick dry years are narrow this tree had been hit by something at some point it had, and and she's talking about this and 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 then she picked up a finished piece of oak and she said look what gives it the beauty it's all the rings. It's all the wet years and dry years and the, and the, and the little chip that got knocked in one year and, and all these things. Uh, uh, God takes everything that we give him and makes it work. Uh, 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 a lyric, some, uh, the difference in a lump of coal and a diamond ring is the one with all the sparkles been through tougher things. It stood the heat and pressure and all the tests of time. And because of all it's been through, it's beautiful and fine. So if you're feeling tested, you're just in the rough. The process of refining is giving you the stuff it takes to show your brilliance and to shine the light around and be a, gl- gl- a glowing diamond in God's glorious crown.
0: So what do we say to people then that want this, what we're talking about, they want to experience this? abiding listening they want to they think they're they're hearing the breeze they're doing everything they can to try and hear it what's the spirit saying what, what do you say to the discouraged who hears some truth in what we're saying but are struggling now to capture it hang on to it on their own well of well, course well, the church
2: the, the, no i was just going to say you know what one, one thing to start them off with i think is a passage where uh the rock you know bob mentioned the rock a minute ago and that really quickened the verse back to me about you know when Jesus is asking, "Who who do you say that I am?" And you know Peter said, "Some say this, some say that." Uh, no, Peter, who do you say that I am? He said, "I you are the Lord my God." <laughs> you know, uh, but then then Jesus, what did he say? Peter, you're a rock, and upon this rock I build my church. But here's the thing, and here's what people miss about that passage. I think a lot of people miss it. Is You know, Jesus's response at the end of it was that, oh, oh, I thank my God, my father in heaven, that he has revealed this to you, not flesh and blood, but my father who is in heaven. The rock that we're supposed to build a church on is our hearing directly unmediated from God for ourselves. That's what Jesus was blessing there. Peter heard that he heard the revelation in the moment, the prompting of God, you are the son of the living God. He heard that. That was what the church is supposed to be built on. We think it's supposed. You know, how do we misinterpret that using the literal? We thought, well, it must be Peter himself. He's the first pope, or it must be confessing out of your mouth. That's God. That's not it at all. It's it was the source of Peter's revelation, and I think that that's what we need to. Uh, you know, the whole thing about Jesus is that there's no mediator. You know, he is the me. He is our mediator, but he lives in us. He's a, an indwelling mediator. And all these other things that we're talking about, we're letting other people, we're letting church institutions, we're letting holy men, we're letting clergy, we're letting theology, we're letting all these other things mediate God to us. Where God wants to have unmediated interactions, unmediated promptings, And that's why, you know, I would just encourage people to say, you know, we have to focus on the non-condemning part of, of God. That in Jesus, in Christ, there is no condemnation. If we're seeking his voice and, and learning how to, you know, what is it they used to say? One of the biggest problems of mankind is that we don't know how to sit alone and not saying anything in a, room, in a room for 15 minutes, how to sit quietly for 15 minutes. We've got to go do something, you know, And uh, but just to get people into a confidence, you know, into a boldness to not, even if you don't hear, even just don't take it so heavy, get everything heavy off of you get everything fearful. If, you, if you're being fearful, if you're panicked, if you're worried, you know, no, none of those things uh, facilitate, they obstruct your hearing, you know, and uh, this, there's, this is where the peace is. And uh, if they see peace in us, and they see us ministering peace, and they see us talking about peace, and they see the, our fruit of peace, you know, I think that's what's going to draw them. And listen, just having conversations with them where they see our different takes on things. You know, we're not trying to convert anybody. We're just, we're just trying to walk in the peace ourselves, but they're drawn to it. I find my, I don't know about y'all, but I find myself when I'm with certain other people, I can feel stuff being pulled out of me, even with you, I mean, with you guys, more, more than anybody, I can feel stuff being pulled out of me that normally isn't there, that normally I would just stay quiet about. Uh, but, but just, you know, when you're around somebody that's hungry for that sort of thing, Mike, I just would say, you know, just, just that we're tender with them, that, that it's baby steps that just, you know, uh, I think it's always similitudes. Jesus always used similitudes. And, and maybe, you know, we can share each other's similitudes. Y'all are free to use mine. I'm free to use yours. But you know what? I'm not going to be able to use that Stevie Ray thing the way Bob can. Bob can speak <laughs> that one from the gut, you know. But, but you know, we each can have our own mojo in the thing. And we're just helping each other find our mojo in the Lord. Uh, so I would just just say that's it's where the pieces, is. It's where the non-condemnation zone is. I mean, that it, it's a good place. It's not a fearful place. It's not a dreadful place. And it's not a place that requires anything of you other than just welcoming you and letting you bask in that.
1: I tell people that uh, God has more faith in you than you do in him. I mean, who is man that God should consider him, right? God has more faith in us than we do. Uh, I, I tell people that your, your intuition is your soul's ambition. Mm. I I in my consulting, I, I went to many clients who were paying me a lot of money for my advice. And I'd early in the early in the consult, sometimes before I got it, I'd say, look, you already know more about your business than I'll ever know. What I'm gonna do is help you find what you already know, and I'm gonna tell you it's okay to do it. Mm. Yeah. And it's absolutely amazing. What comes from that? By the way, the chorus to the song of the lyrics that I just quoted to you, it's a tune called God Knows. And the chorus is God knows you're going to make it. God knows you're going to make it. He put enough in you to make it through. God knows you're going to make it. I'm going to look somebody, I don't care who they are in the eye, when they say, how do you do this? I want to say, Believe, you, you were made in God's image, man. The, the, the material doesn't get any better than this. There, there, there's no better, there's no better format that you could not be better. Just find out who he made you to be and be that person. And by the way, if we could all get there, I wish I could claim I was, but when we get there and eventually we will, we'll be in 24 seven
2: Sabbath. Mm. Yeah. 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 And, and, and let me add one thing to what Bob said, because I think it's a, um,
1: Oh, gosh, it left me. Well, be there well the Pentecostals that mm-hmm. say it'll come up if it was real, right? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'll
0: let you chew on that one. If you jump in and interrupt me if, you, if it comes to you. Okay, um, go I, ahead. I heard, I heard Baxter Kruger on a video today um, say that, uh, and this has to do with condemnation and shame, because we just finished talking earlier about there's therefore no condemnation in Christ, like None. Um, and it's all revealed in Christ, but the no condemnation, I think the systems of religion of fear feed shame and just awful self-worth. Like our culture is so toxic with this problem, um, that when Baxter said this one phrase, I forget where he got it from or how, what the context was anymore. But if let's say for, for the person asking, Hey, I, I want this so bad, I keep screwing up. Um, What if for you, uh, it'll take 150 tries, attempts by the Holy Spirit to prompt you, and you're only at 38? Do you think that's going to tick off God? Do you think that's going to (sighs) go, it's taking so long? There's no shame there. This is like Papa going, okay, we got to, you know, 75 more, let's keep going. And it's the timing and the zero shame there. And I I thought that was a beautiful picture.
2: Well, I just remembered it too. And Josh, maybe I think you were supposed to say that first. When, when, when uh, Peter uh, when, uh, Jesus told Peter, Satan has desired to sift you, get this, and this is what we need to tell him, get this, Jesus said, no, I pray for you that your faith not fail. We need to let people know that Jesus is, lives to make intercession for us. He's praying for us. That is a powerful truth that no matter how timid they may feel and how unqualified, and, and that's all the junk stuff anyhow from the other tree, right? But however that is, Jesus is praying for them that their faith won't fail.
0: So say that again. What did he actually pray for? What didn't he pray for? Uh, I'll say what he didn't because you can't read my mind. But he didn't pray, don't let this happen to them because it can be painful. He right. never promised to avoid struggles and pain. But what you just said, he prayed for what?
2: That is faith not failing, and and it reveals another aspect of the Sabbath rest, because if we're moving back into that. If God rested on the seventh day of literal creation, whatever that means, it's clear that the passage is saying God's in rest now. God has rested. We're supposed to rest from our works as he has rested from his works. That's what Hebrews says. So if he's rested from his works, he's not doing anything he has re- he's in complete rest now. He has already planted all the seeds, and he's he's the cultivating all the seeds now. It's already all planted in us, and that's why when it says that in Ephesians when it talks about us walking in works that we're predestined to do, that's because we're that's only in the Sabbath that's only in the Sabbath rest that we're predestined to do it. So so it, it, it's just waiting for us. There's nothing undone. You know, it's us learning, you know, learning the always already. That's one name I used to give God, you know, that that's that's kind of a loose translation of I am. But I got a little bit of support that you could say it that way. God is always already. He is not. He's not left anything undone, unconsidered, unprovided for. Go to Paul's thorn in the flesh. My grace is sufficient for you. He didn't tell him that you're supposed to bow to your pain or that your pain will defeat you or this thorn of flesh. I'm, he's saying, I've equipped you now to deal with it. You're asking me to equip you with something I've already given you. Mm. my grace that I've given you is sufficient for you. You're not utilizing, it. you know? So, and that's the same for all of us. That's the same for a person who hasn't utilized, you know, this, this prompting thing, you know, the breeze, we haven't utilized it, but it's been given to us. There's nothing we need to do to get God to give us breezes. I'm, I'm, I'm amazed at how many breezes I've ignored before, or if I haven't hardened my heart, what does the Hebrews verse say? if you don't harden your heart and you hear his voice. So what is it that keeps us from hearing these breezes? A hardened heart. Our heart is hard to it. So our only thing is to soften the heart of people and try to make their, you know help them make their heart receptive or see that it is already receptive. Just to find that area, like for me, you know, in this limited example, it was the diet and exercise thing, in a new way, but just through you know through the ministry of the Spirit, we might know a particular area of their heart where they can really leap on this and understand it, and then let let once you, once they get up and riding on the wave, they can they can do what we're doing here and applying it to other you know trying to apply it to other. I think it's wonderful. It, it is practical mysticism, mm. you know. Uh, it it and, and practical are the things that help you get through the day. That's why I don't get let bogged down in 2000 culture 2000 years ago. I don't care what that culture was like. You know, I, I don't care what my culture is like today. And Paul, when he was reading the old Testament, he didn't care what that culture was like. He cared what the culture around him in Christ was like, you know, so it's, it's all bringing it into the moment. Bring it in.
1: If fear is an acronym for false evidence appearing real, faith is an acronym for full access into the heavens. And we don't need to tell we don't need to tell people they need to get faith or work on their faith. We need to tell them that they have faith. Bingo. They have full access into the heavens, right now from birth. By the way, they they you know uh, another blog I wrote about one of my one of my grandsons. Several. We are born believers, folks. We have to be convinced that it's different.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: we spent millions and built 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 edifices all over the world to be convinced that we weren't born believers. But, wow. But so so when I talk to somebody, I need to look at them, and I'm not hoping they'll get faith, or I'm not going to pray for them to get faith. I want them to understand. I want them to know uh, the tree of, of, of life. I want them to have the knowledge. I want them to understand. You've got full access into the heavens. There's nothing standing between you and and, and there right now. There's not an angry God. There's not a religion. There's not a walk down an aisle or a prayer or a kneeling. None of those things are standing. Now, you may go through some of those processes in the process of recognizing that, but your faith wasn't increased. Your full access to the heavens wasn't increased from day one because you had it all in the first place.
0: Mm -hmm. I love the um, the King James Version of Galatians 2.20. The section where it says, I live by faith in the Son of God. Most translations will say, I live by faith in the Son of God, which implies self-effort, like my responsibility, my faith. Where the literal translation says, I live by the faith of the Son of God. Uh, Young's literal translation says, I live by Son of God faith. Like, brilliant. It changes the perspective. So maybe this is back to the root of knowing who you really are. You know, exactly. Coming back to that, we have all these false messaging that hits our, our minds of who we aren't. And again, I for 20 years, I've been teaching and speaking and learning about who am I in Christ. It hasn't changed. It just gets more beautiful all the time.
2: Amen.
1: I have to believe that if, 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 if God knew you by name before the foundations of the earth and he decided to have you born, you must be a pretty cool dude. I mean, why how far back did he go and how far back did he look at you and say it for this for, for times just such as this Hmm. for time, by the way, that's exactly where we are, Bros, in this conversation for, for a time such as this, we were born Hmm. and, and, and he knew that before time existed and he knew Richard Murray by name and he knew Mike Zinker by name and he knew Bob Engel by name and, and he knew we'd sooner or later getting around to getting it. At least so, our, at least wherever we are now getting it to this level,
2: okay? Amen. Our, amen. Focus,
0: our focus in religion has been lack. We've been just studying our lack of what we're not good enough for, what we don't have, and yet we have been clearly convinced in Scripture that we have been given everything we need for spiritual blessings. Every spiritual blessing has been given to us. We lack nothing. So we got to stop praying, dear God, give me more patience. You don't have to ask for more. Use the patience already there. Now that's different.
2: <laughs> exactly.
0: Exactly.
1: What, the, the, we need to remember, by the way, that the thing that screwed everything up was, was for a moment Adam being convinced that he needed to do one more thing to be as mm-hmm. God. Yep. That lie. Just one more thing. Mm-hmm. I, I, uh, uh, when the band came together around me, around my music, some of the greatest players I ever was even around the first rehearsal we got together, uh, this absolutely astounding guitarist said to me, what do you want me to play, Bobby? And I said, dude, you know the chords, and you know the, the melody, and you know what I'm trying to say. Why don't you play what you hear, and if I don't like it, I'll let you know. <laughs> the only problem I ever had with this guy over the 10 years I played with him is he would play such original, incredible guitar breaks, I'd almost forget when I was supposed to come back in with the vocals. Mm. That's what God's got in mind. He's put, he's put this... Dynamo inside of us, called the Holy Spirit, and He's empowered us to do greater things than Jesus did. Jesus said that Himself. Mm-hmm. And all we have to do is realize that and get on our camel and go act on it.
0: And when you're on a camel, you're rusting You can't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Hold on. Just hold on, man. I know. All right. Hey, we got we got to wrap things up. That was a very fun conversation. And I hope that it speaks to somebody for such a time as this for whenever they see it on YouTube or whatever. Thank you, Bob. Thank you, Richard, for sharing a conversation about what the Sabbath could be, what resting can look like. I just love this. Thank you.
2: (laughs) All right. Catch you guys later. All right. Take care.
0: All right. I hope you enjoyed that. That was fun. Last week's was really good, so that was part one. Today was part two. Um, really, really neat. I, I, what'd you learn? What'd you like? Uh, I, I saw some of your comments, and Ginger, thank you again for helping me with the sound tech. I, I didn't realize the audio wasn't working, but that I wouldn't have known. I would have kept babbling, and oh my goodness! So anyway, very thankful. By the way, where where are you watching from? Um, we have some folks watching down the states. We have some folks. Uh, in Canada, we've got folks, uh, well, we have a UK person, Sandy watching, uh, while she's on her final week of vacation. So Sandy, thank you so much for chiming in. Uh, always a thrill. It's so encouraging. Chris Mann. Good morning. Uh, where are you watching from Chris and Dan? I think Dan, you told me once where you're watching from. I just forget. I got great memory. It's just short. <laughs> so sorry. Um, anyway, I, I hope you enjoyed that. I hope you caught a sense of revisiting this thing called rest as something that we don't achieve. But rather, it it is somebody who lives in us. Jesus is our rest. Ginger, you're in Maine? Don't tell me you're friends with Sandy, because that would be be very interesting. (laughs) Dan's watching from Brighton, Michigan. Michigan, you're only like three and a half hours from me, buddy. Absolutely. And who else is down near you? Um, I got some Windsor people that are uh, watching and are connected here. So Windsor's not far from you either. Oh, um, Dan, I, I'm pretty sure. No, that, that's Detroit. I'm thinking of Detroit. I forget. Anyway, it's it, basically the border to, uh, to, um, Detroit or Michigan is about three, three and a half hours from me. Um, and it's, it's pretty cool. Um, yeah, this, this, this topic is so huge and it just can't be exhausted. Um, you're not supposed to get exhausted from it. <laughs> get it tired rest. Okay. forget it. I anyway, um, I, I think you're gonna like next the next conversation. I'm gonna check with uh, uh, Bill, uh, Richard, and Bob. Bill, Richard, Bob. I gotta create an acronym for that. Um, but they're in. Um, um, uh, we're gonna be talking about a topic that the church doesn't talk about well. In fact, as we were chatting at the beginning of this interview, the one that we we did the two part. Um, We're pondering the the journey of deconstruction and unlearning, and we kind of hit a topic that, wait a minute, that's a deconstruction topic big time, and nobody's talking about it. And I I know I've taught on it, but I hate talking about it because I don't want to be misunderstood. So you'll just have to wait till next week to see what that topic is. One One of my uncomfortable ones, and yet I'm passionate about what I do. That's it for this week. I hope you enjoyed this. Share the links if you enjoyed them. Um, And we will catch you guys next time. Thanks so much for watching and uh, have a great, beautiful day. See ya.